the two most successful teams in the UK, millions of fans worldwide, and brought to you by a pair of f***ing wolves. It's the Red Side Rivals Social. Hello there and welcome everybody to episode 19 of the Red Side Rivals Social, Game Week 11. This is Red Side Rivals Social where we talk news, banter and debate about Manchester United. My name's Brad, I am a United fan. Hooray for me. And with yeah. me as ever is my good interjecting friend, uh, Mr. Liverpool Lee Boy. Hello everyone, good evening. Good evening to good you. Good evening to you, sir. <laughs> How is one? One is okay, mate. Again, we're sitting pretty at the top of the league. We're still in the cup competitions. Getting jammy wins. Still beating you on FIFA. We've got a big juicy episode to come this week. It's so fucking huge, mate. Not it's fucking it's huge. massive, mate. Getting the swears in early this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to kick off with the news as we do as ever. And we'll just touch on the League Cup and also the League Trophy, which is what the under-21s well, under were in. So uh, do you want to kick us off, mate, with your absolute whopper of a absolute game? Absolute whopper, mate. League Cup? It was huge, wasn't it? So obviously we played Arsenal at home and it... It was a thrilling five-all affair, mate. Five-all draw. Five-all. So it was, a, it was a huge opportunity, really. We had a lot of our own. We made 11 changes to start 11. And then the entire bench was made up as kids. Kelleher started in goal for Liverpool. Nico Williams featured right, right back. Right back. Right back. <laughs> um, Van der Berg played centre-back with Gomez. We only filled it at left-back. And then um, we had... The experience in midfield, the Ox, Lalana, Keita. Harvey Elliott got his first start at Anfield with Brewster and a Riki feature, mate. So it's a very young, youthful side with a tiny bit of experience. And then the bench was just made up of youngsters, basically. Just cardboard cutouts. Yeah, it was just like absolute youngsters. So it was a good opportunity for him, which they grabbed. So I would like to say it was a five-all, and I say five-all affair, mate. It's like probably back in two as well, the one. It, was it just, wasn't like someone went right out and went in a lead. It was like... Goal, goal. So, goal. like, just to run through it, so we t- took the lead after six minutes with an own goal by Mustafi. And then Arsenal went three, went up. So there was two deflected goals where the keeper pulled off a good save and allowed Torreira to equalise. Then Martinelli, Martinelli, is it Martinelli, is it? You can't say any names. Oh, Martinelli, yeah. Martinelli, that's the one. Uh, made it 2-1 after 26 minutes. And then some poor defending allowed him in again. They went three, went up. Just before half time, we got a dubious penalty through Harvey Elliott to make it free to. <laughs> which Milne was actually, a, which Milner slotted in, Mr. S- safe. Mr. Slot. Made it free to at half time. Obviously, then in the second half, an, an absolute goal fest again. <laughs> um, where Arsenal went 4 2 up through Maitland Niles, and then Chamberlain scored an absolute worldie. Jesus, yeah, that was a goal up. Arigi equalised up the other end. I can't remember his first name, but Wilcott scored an absolute worldie for Arsenal to make it 5-4. And then up upstep Divo Carigi, mate. Nico Williams across into the box, scissor kick into the bottom corner to make it 5 all. It then went to penalties, which finished 5-4. Kelleher saved the penalty uh-huh. in front of the cop. And um, Curtis Jones, a boyhood Liverpool fan, has featured for the academy since he was nine. He's a scouser, scored the winning goal in front of the cop, mate. It's just like fairy tale stuff. Fairytale. You just can't make that stuff up, can you, really? You never predicted that scoreline before the game. I predicted it. Or even during. I predicted it. No, you didn't predict it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm already losing that as well. 
And like I say, mate, it was just an amazing night at Anfield, and the boys are through to the next round. Well done, Arsenal, on uh, losing to a second string. I know, well, third string, mate. It's like, I'd be really worried if I was an Arsenal fan. It's like in the league, they're not particularly doing very well. In the cup competitions, they're not doing very well. I'd be sick of your manager going, good evening. That would be the worst thing for me. <laughs> I'd be so irritating. <laughs> the good evening. Good evening. But like I say, I was made up. The young boys delivered. Well done, mate. You've kept that brief and I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of myself. So we were up against Chelsea, which was a, a tough draw really for us, which I was gutted about because I wanted us to do well in the uh, EFL Cup, as I've always said in the podcast, as everybody that listens will know. Get some silverware on the board, isn't it? That's the idea, anyway. That's the idea of every team, mate, before the season kicks off, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the idea of a team that's playing not to the best of their abilities, shall we say, <laughs> like United. So it was good to see that uh, Oli put out a good good strength side against Chelsea. They didn't put a full strength side out, which was, uh, I thought, oh, we could do all right here. And ultimately, we won the game 2-1. So goals from Rashford from the spot on the 25th and that free kick. The toe bunk. <laughs> the toe bunk. <laughs> the absolute knuckleball of doom for about 30, 30 yards. Take, out. Of, take the, a bow somewhere, isn't yeah, it? On the 73rd minute, and Batshuayi scored their goal on the 61st. So we obviously got a pen for our first goal. Dan James was brought down, as ever. He was brought down by Alonso. Bit of a debate around it, but for me, it's a pen. He, just, he, he just, definitely touched him, he brings in my him, opinion. He brings yeah. him down, yeah. yeah. He, he just like bundles him over. So And then he slots the pen, Rashford, and then a nice goal. Pretty much it was all Chelsea then. Like it was United really kind of just defending the ball. You expect that from a home team, though, don't yeah, you? Yeah, a bit um, of In the 61st minute, just after half-time, we kicked off. Batchway scores, and it's a nice goal. He runs and he basically turns Maguire inside he left out for a little dead, bit. Didn't he? Yeah, and slots he one. He made like an average defender, didn't he, really? Yeah. Slots one. He caught him on the turn, so Maguire was like, shit, I've been trying to turn around. He just did him. Like turning the bus. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and he slotted it well and then basically again then it was mainly Chelsea and we got a free kick and uh, what a free kick that was it was yeah it was like very Ronaldo-esque and I think were they saying that the balls are made differently to the Premier League balls the players are finding it easier to do those knuckleball free so kicks it, or something it's a mitre delta the league cup ball which is well, if you remember the Premier school. League back yeah, in yeah, the day yeah. that's a proper Premier League ball in it from back in the day and it moves more than the Nike Premier League ball does well so the same anyway but yeah, he, he obviously did the knuckleball technique. There's been loads of comparisons with the way he struck it to the way Ronaldo strikes it. Well, over the last few weeks, he's had a few attempts and he's come close yeah, recently, yeah. hasn't he? So but one was going just, eventually, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was just absolutely amazing. The, the movement on the ball as well as it moved through the air, it was just... It was great technique. He's not, he's not saving that. No I, I think he's losing confidence in what he's getting it back. Week by week, isn't he? Yeah. So he'll keep trying these things and the more yeah, he does, yeah. he's showing his class, isn't he? Just to put the game into perspective of how much it was a bit of a snatch and grab by United, we finished the game with 34% possession and three shots on target. Jesus. So, but, I mean, I hate to admit it, but that's kind of the team we are now. Like, we're not the team of all where we're going to go into You've a game and just... It, well, we're a counter-attacking team now. That's how we kind of set up most of the time. Unless the team sits in against us, which is a different story, but... It just shows that if we take our chances, we can beat teams, and it was made up that we um, that we actually won and we're through, so we get a step closer now. We're all through to the quarterfinals, mate. That's it. And like we were saying, like we were a bit anxious that we were going to draw each other because obviously you're wanting to win this tournament, and you're wanting. I'm to not bothered about us going out, but I won't want us to go out to you, would I? Yeah. So obviously the draw was. Was it? Did it take place the next day or the, the next day? I think yeah. So the draw was announced, and thankfully we avoided each other, didn't we? So we got a world either draw. It's like City oh. have got an absolute 
there's a post someone put on social media and it had all City's previous teams that they've drawn. I think it's like the last nine teams they've drawn. team in the last nine games. I think it, they've all been like League, league 1. Yeah, League, league one. 1 or League 2, haven't they? Yeah. So they've got Oxford away. Jammy bastards. Um, United at home to Colchester. Villa at home to us. And Everton are playing Leicester, which would be a good tie, actually. So there's a chance of two derbies in the semi-finals, mate. It could be United City. And Liverpool Everton. It could be. Well, but, um, I think know, I think we'll. When are the draws? When's the draw being played? Because oh, you might God. not even be going. Yeah, so I think the the draw is going to be played on the seventeenth of December, which obviously clashes with our um, World Club Challenge. Yes, yeah, so or World Club World Club Challenge Club World Cup. Club. Club World World Cup. Cup. Oh my God! Yeah, we got there eventually. Oh, so the there's um, Liverpool are going to appeal to get the date changed, which or is potentially withdraw themselves from the tournament. Sorry, I'm kicking everything. No, so the, the, or potentially they'll have to withdraw from the tournament. So we'll, obviously we'll get to see whether we will actually play that tie. And that is actually next amateur behaviour, by the way. Can I just say, Liverpool fans should be ashamed. No, I'm not ashamed of Tom. I think it's one of those where they probably didn't anticipate to actually get through. Well, it they've looked not, like they didn't try under, to with the They've undervalued the tournament by playing a week inside by saying, obviously, we've got other things to prioritise, which is your club, shit, really. Your club should be there look, looking at what tournament they want to be in, looking at the potential of a clash and be like, right, okay, we'll prioritise the Club World Cup, which we'd say rightly so. Which is Palestine. Saying yeah. we're not going to be participating this year just in case we go through. Can't now be like, oh, well, we're going to have to drop out then. And, and the, drop out then? In the club's defence, though, I think it was one of those situations where <clears throat> you didn't know the dates for the actual World Cup, did you? No, but you know it's going to be... You didn't know a, when it was going to be held like in the, December, you know, but there's like no categorical December 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 if you go through, don't you? And so December's already crowded. I anyway. will defend my club and say that is the only reason why yes. they probably wouldn't withdraw themselves from it. We'll, uh, we'll agree to disagree. It's a joke. United pulled out the FA Cup that year to, to go in it. Me, me, we identified me. that we couldn't do it all. And now what will happen is they'll lose the league and then they'll oh, blame it. They'll blame no, it on the FA Cup. No. <laughs> Just let's mark not, my words. Let's not go there. So, also in action was our under-21s in the EFL Trophy, which is obviously... The competition for League One and Two teams, but our under twenty ones drop in as invitationals. So United were in that, and they won again. That's three wins out of three in the EFL Trophy. And you subsequently um, qualified, aren't you? Yeah, which uh, so it's it's set up in a group format. If you didn't know, so we played uh, Doncaster, and yeah, we won two one as ever in the competition. It's hard, isn't it for you? Yeah, it's, yeah definitely. Yeah. Although it's League all... One and Two, it's a it's a full time team, isn't it? First, they're team. all professionals in the right, aren't they? Got more experience mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, we came from behind. We were one nil down. Galbraith scored an absolute world even volley off a corner. It come out to him and he fucking rifled it. And then 94th minute, up steps Mason Greenwood. We won nil down as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've gone one nil down in the last two games now. Last one against Lincoln. He's well. a great character. To be fair, their goal was lucky as well because Kovar with a mistake, it just came straight at him and he let it in. But yeah, Mason Greenwood cutting in from the right, Kate takes on a few players, gets in the box and slot, slots the winner. So three wins out of three in that for our under-21s. And that takes us through because you only play each other once in that. The top two go through. We go top as a seeded team now into the regional draw for the knockout stages. How did uh, Liverpool get on, mate? <laughs> well, I'll defend the team again. The defender, it. <laughs> so, obviously, we got beat 5-2. So, we, we played, I think that's our third defeat in the competition as well, if I remember rightly. Yeah, you've not won a game, mate, no. No. So, um, the under-19s were playing in the Youth Champions League. And, obviously, because we were putting out a weekend side in the Caribou Cup, a lot of the players that would have played in that tournament obviously didn't feature. 
So it was a lot of our under-18s, under-19s, under-20s that featured. And to be honest, they managed to score two goals away to obviously a very good Atkinson Stanley team. Who were they? Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And they ended up getting beat 5-2. So the the one positive, I think Critchley actually came out and said that the one positive he will will take out of it is obviously he was disappointed that we've not actually won a game. But but he would be. But yet it shows that the under-21s playing this tournament is a good opportunity for these young players to play against modern professionals. Like they're all well, playing week in, week out. That's the exact point of the conversation. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it, it's it's going to set them up for the future careers, whether that's, that's at Liverpool in the Premier League or if it's in the lower leagues themselves. So I think next year we'll go back into that tournament with a stronger side and, and obviously knowing what to expect. So I'm not too disappointed. The younger academy players got to play in a respected tournament and yeah. they can hold their heads up high. They got beat 5-2, but at least they managed to score away from home. Yeah, so here's the real review. Liverpool was shite in that tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, low, no wins out of three. So, as I say, yeah, we go through to, just if you don't know, it goes now to a regional knockout stage where the teams get split out into the regions and then North meets South, I think, in, in like the end of the semis or the final. We are, we'll be seeded because we're top, so hopefully we'll give that competition a good go and the 20, 21s can have a, a really good go at, at trying to win some silverware. So, should we move into the uh, normal news? The normal club, news? For our so. clubs, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's dive in. Go on, mate. What what do you want to tell us about Liverpool-wise? Well, some news I do have, sir. The target that I mentioned in the last podcast, Timo Werner, bagged three goals at the weekend and three assists in the sides. 8-0 victory Shit. against Mainz. So he's crap, then. So he's crap. So, obviously, he's keeping up his prolific form, so... That's interesting to see that he is obviously banging him in and we are being sni- well, sniffing around him. Real Madrid apparently are um, looking to put a £96 million bid in for Virgil van Dijk well, in the summer where you can jog on because that's one, not enough money and two, he's not going to go anywhere. So that's again another tabloid load of bollocks, isn't it? Because let's be honest, we're, we're building ourselves for the future. Why would we sell our best centre-back? It makes no sense. No. Obviously, that's just don't tabloid nonsense. Don't want to go anywhere as of yet anyway. Yeah. Mainly the bit of news that I'm bringing, mate, is transfer-based. Um, Adam Lallana is being linked with China, shock, which most modern-day professionals in the Premier League, where they get to that point, they create a 32, 33, think Adam about Lallana the next big payday, the don't they? Adam well for China. Yeah, so I think we're not going to offer him a new contract that expires next summer, so whether he stays in the Premier League, maybe goes back to Southampton, or goes to an up-and-coming team from the Championship, I don't know, but I think if I was him, He's been plagued with injuries, hasn't he? Yeah, it's going Go to China. Yeah. Earn a lot of money. Yeah. And then retire. We're also being linked with two players. One at Copenhagen. It's like a young winger, which has been compared to Manny, which is a big call, to be honest. Mohamed Dame. I don't know anything about him, but he's been linked with a possible transfer in the summer. Another wonder kid we're being linked with is at Villarreal, Samuel Chukawuzi. Oh, he's in the, what's him call it? Is he Ballon in that Ballon d'Or? trophy, yeah, for the young player, yeah. So we're being linked with him as a possible replacement for Mohamed Salah if he goes to Madrid. Ah, right, okay. So he's um, another link. Like I say, it's, it's that time of year where yeah, things lots. are starting to progress. Like yeah. Agents are looking to push moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens, really. So it was mainly a bit of transfer news. The other bit of news I wanted to bring really was news in relation to Sean Cox, who was the guy that got... Dog barking? Christ. <laughs> What for the waffle? Next door, I don't even have a dog, so I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, mate, the only other bit of news was I wanted to touch on the fact that the club are bringing Sean Cox and his family over for the um, up-and-coming Man City game. He was like a guy that got injured, or seriously injured, in the um, attack by Roma fans at Anfield last year. So it's right. been a year to the day since that happened, I think. Uh, okay. 
So they're inviting his family over. It's going to be his first game since his injury, and obviously he's in a bad way. So the club are looking to give something back to the family to help support him. They're raising money from all time, so it's a nice gesture. All right, cool. Very good. All right, I've got some United news. So the first bit of United news is, um, I know it's the start of the month, and we usually bring you... um, our little survey that we do on who your player of the month was and stuff and who the club's player of the month was. But Liverpool are still yet, as of now, are yet to release who their player of the month is. It's because they're too busy actually delivering on the pitch, mate. <laughs> oh, so... so um, <laughs> Return to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, we'll bring you that in the next one when we find out Liverpool's player of the month so we can bring you it all at the same time. But what we have got is Kirsty Hansen was up for... Women's Player of the Month and for October, and she's won it, which is really good. And if you remember, I've been singing Hanson's praises since she came in, not just Sigsworth out of the team, scored a couple of goals, so really deserved. Casey Stoney's up for the uh, Women's Manager of the Month, but we're still waiting on the results of that, so we'll bring you that with the men's next episode. The other bit is, for us, there's not much news this week, really, but Paul Ince, uh, or as what it's changed it to, uh, Paul Ounce, said that um, United should be going for Zlatan and not Mandzukic which interesting for, I hate to say it but I probably he's to, probably right probably have to agree with him there yeah because you can't get both can you no, but didn't, didn't he release something on um, so his Instagram was, or something about Spain he released a thing on his Instagram saying because he's speaking Spanish and everyone got excited thinking he was going to La Liga but he's got a betting company and uh, the betting company right, okay. oh, he he endorses it. I don't know if it's his or not because I think that'd be a conflict of interest. But he endorses it, and um, they're basically making it live in Spain. So that's all it was. Uh, so but the rumor is that he's going to Milan. So Don Graber, the MLS commissioner, is basically saying that he's AC Milan. He's going to go there. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Really? Yeah. Watch this space kind of thing. Isn't yeah. It? Whoever offers the most money, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. And the only other bit of news for United is I just thought I'd give you all a little. List of our injuries. So, Eric Bay still out. Mm-hmm. He's back in training though. You know I like Eric Bay. <laughs> Luke Shaw, he's still out. Nemanja Matic, he's still out. Fosu Mensa, he's still out. Paul Pogba, he's still out. Angel Gomez, he's still out. So yeah, so you've got a lot of injured short, players. Short injury list there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean for me, Shaw and Matic can stay out, and I'm not bothered about them at all. Fosu Mensa's probably not good enough to get back in the team. Gomez, Pogba and Baye are the ones that we need back really so yeah um, the injury list continues so it just keeps growing mate doesn't it I know yeah it doesn't help us it doesn't help us really but let's hope we get some of them back soon mainly Pogba which will be December so that's it really for me with United News mate normal news just unrelated news I have the horrible news that we bring to you every single week of racism it's honestly mate it's just horrific, isn't it? It's what is this world coming to? I don't think it's. I don't think it's happening more now because because we said like I think it's happening more because of people being racist now because it's more in the public eye. I think it's more in the public eye now because players are starting Highlights to do stuff about it. Yeah, now, yeah. Whereas they probably weren't, but now players are willing to act on it. Whereas instead of just like play through it. So this new one now was Balotelli. So Balotelli now plays for Brescia in Italy and it was a game between them and Hellas Verona and um, Balotelli just he's, he's up by the corner flag with a ball and he, he just picks the ball up and hoots it into the crowd 
Um, what off the back of what someone said yeah and goes to walk off and all the players are trying to like grab him at first because they just think he just hoofed the ball for no reason and it comes out that obviously there's been racism involved and he's they put a tannoy out across the stadium which is protocol now you put a tannoy out to tell people to stop being racist apparently to behave yourselves then the next one is you walk off the pitch and then the third one is the match has been postponed that's how it goes now with racism so yeah they put this um, tannoy out that he continued to play, everyone dragged him back and, and he continued to play. Yeah, all of the team got beat, he actually scored as well. Which, Did, uh, didn't their coach come out and say something like that, to say that nobody was being racist, otherwise we'd have walked off ourselves or something after the really? game? I'm sure. What, Brescia's coach? Yeah, that, that they coach. Came, um, sorry, the opposition. Oh, Hellas Verona? Yeah, he oh. came out and said something like, we've reviewed what was said and we can see no wins. Um, well, I'm not being funny. There's a, racism there's a video the from, the, from the crowd looking down on the pitch so you obviously got the pitch view, haven't you, from the game? Yeah. There's a video from the crowd that someone's took, and you can hear them in the wrong monkey like chatting. Oh, so you can hear it from the crowd. Listen, so that's bollocks. It's not a football problem, though. It's society now, mate. It's getting well, to the yeah, point now where it's obviously yeah, but it's just like it is. It's like people need to obviously address it themselves. It's yeah. like you wait for aren't taking action. The clubs aren't taking action. So it's probably going to be up to the people that are in the stands to turn around and actually say something like. But obviously, then that's going to cause trouble in the, in the crowd, and people yeah, start fighting. Yeah, yeah. Which, Escalates it even further, doesn't yeah. it? So, but we'll, we'll, something needs to be done. But we'll we'll see what happens. In what capacity is going to happen? If anything, way. yeah, if something gets done, we'll obviously tell you about it on here. Zaka after uh, his shenanigans we talked about last week, where he come off the like pitch. the debate of what was going to happen. Yeah, good old good evening has stripped him of his captaincy now. So, so where does that leave him then? If you've been stripped of your captaincy, you, you, your home fans hate you. Does that mean he's ever going to be sold in January? Well, he didn't play this game week, did he? They so. dropped him, so there's no way back from from a, in my opinion now. No, I don't think so. The club needs to have a conversation with him to say, look, you're going to be sold. Just sit tight till January. It's only, what, two months? And you're shit anyway, so... Yeah, so so goodbye from me. (laughs) It's a goodbye from good evening. (laughs) So that was that. And then just the only other thing that I wanted to bring you in news was just this absolutely insane game. I don't know if anybody knows about it, but 433... Uh, which is a site basically which sounds like an absolute rip off of 442 <laughs> but 433 uh, this site have basically put the uh, the highlights on of a German Bundesliga 2 game so let me just go through the events of this game because this is this is honestly mate this is crazy so the game was between Erzgebirge and Nuremberg so the first half finished 0-0 right so in the f- 51st minute Nuremberg opened the scoring with the goal right so in the 62nd minute Nürburg then get a man sent off for handball on the line. He like basically yeah, going yeah. in and he's handball. handballs it, yeah. yeah. So then they slot the pen, makes it 1 1. Then the 75th minute, Erzgeberg go and score 2 1 up scenes. 78th minute, Nürnberg shoot, deflected shot 2 2. 86th minute, Erzgeberg score 3 <laughs> 2. Every crowd goes wild, they're going to win line. Then 90 plus 2. There's a penalty to Nuremberg for an elbow. You know, like when they jump yeah, yeah. Of, there's an elbow. And they like score. leaning with a shoulder. Yeah, so they score it. It's 3-3. 90 plus 4. Eskerberg scored the winner, right? Then it's disallowed for offside. <laughs> VAR look at it. And there's a defender that fell over in the play. And the leg plays him onside. Oh my God. Madness, mate. So then 90 minute plus 10. There's a mix up with the Eskerberg centre-backs. Penalty to Nuremberg, so they think, oh my god, so bear in mind now, it's 4-3 to Nuremberg. Erzgeberg get this, 90 plus 10, think, yes, right, we can go and get a draw, keep it safe. 
mental, mate. Absolute scenes. So it basically ends up finishing 4-3 to uh, Erzgeberg. It sounds like a game of a football manager. <laughs> mate, it was crazy. That was the best one, though, 90 plus 4, when they score the winner. And it's disallowed for offside. They go to VAR, and there's just a, a defender on the floor. He's fell over, playing everyone on side, and they obviously got missed. And then 90 plus 10 for the keeper to save the pen. It's madness. It's a great save as well. Um, what you say was nil-nil at half-time as well. <laughs> yeah, that all came in the second half. Wow. What a second half of footy that is. So yeah, that's all your news, mate. All the news. That's so, all the news you've ever heard. Never so wanted to hear. So that leads into reviews sexually well. So we'll start with the under-23s then, shall we? Yes, mate. So I'll let you dive in first. Do you want me to go first? Cool. I think we were on Monday, but... Um, so basically, we were up against Middlesbrough away. We were coming in again, as ever, with the under-23s with great form. So we lined up again in that familiar 4-2-3-1 formation that we always seem to play in. It's been so successful for us. Gomez is obviously injured, like I just mentioned, so he wasn't in there. Neil Wood, to be fair, was saying that there's loads of the under-23s struggling with niggles and stuff, but they're all young lads, aren't they? So they all just kind of play through it, don't they? When, when you're that age, when you're like 17, 18, 20, not 19, I don't know why I missed that, but <laughs> you, just, um, you just get through it, don't you? So Traore went in, Ali Traore went in as a number 10. We had Damani Meller on the right, Ramazzani up top again. And then that familiar back four that we always have, but divine in the left back as Williams was out, which probably means, well, it did mean he's been playing for the first team, hasn't he? Brandon Williams. So holding, we had Dylan Levitt. And then we had this um, Puigmal, who I don't know if I've just missed him out and not noticed him, or he's just been put into the team and he's been in the 18s. I don't know. Like, I can't work out. But this Puigmal, anyway, this young Spanish lad, he was in the starting lineup. So basically, it was an impressive 4-1 win again for United. Just keep going on with Zomers, mate. Unbelievable, mate. Two goals from Puigmal in the first half. Own goal from Dodds and a strike. Uh, sorry, an 80th minute strike from Chongi, which uh, sealed it. The goal from them was from Burrell. So Chong had an absolute worldie of a game. He was involved in every single one of the goals. So in the 19th minute, our first goal was a Puigmal goal. Chong won a free kick about 25 yards out. It was just like a perfect free kick. Not like a knuckleball one, just your standard like curling free kick. Beckham style, as, as we say. Uh, <laughs> he just curls one best. Puigmal steps up. 25-yarder, straight into the top bin. Forget about it, keep you not saving that. 22nd minute, it was a pen. We was a bit gutted, really, to be honest, because we've been playing well. But Kovar gets down to his left and saves it. Class keeper Kovar, mate, honestly. Where's he from? Serbia. Yes, they're going to know that then, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I, <laughs> I did not think you knew that. <laughs> I will Google that. <laughs> when we get a, our second goal on the stroke of half-time, Puigmal plays a 1-2 with Chongi on the edge of the box. He's cut back to him and he side-foots it home on the bounce. So Nice, nice tidy finish. Yeah, nice tidy finish. So we're going in 2-0 up thanks to uh, Matty Kovar and, and uh, Puigmal. More of the same in the second half from United. Borer had a bit more, they had a bit of a spell at 10 or 15 minutes, which you respect, don't you, when when you play the team and the down, they come out yeah, go yeah. at you a bit, don't they? I think they hit the post from a corner, and then and in the 76th minute, they get the goal. So Dodds, who thinks they're like right back or something, he runs through everyone, uh, gets through about three players, he goes on a runabout in half the pitch, and then he plays it through, plays a square ball through, and it just goes through, like trickles through, and then Borel sticks it away, so it's 2-1 game on. United turn it on then a little bit. Uh, a player came on for Pujmal, Medjbri is called, he's only 16. He's got like a big, mad, like, next sideshow Bob haircut. 
proper big like blonde there but he's dead dead creative like he's he's really good like always looking for a ball in behind and stuff like that so he's very confident yeah I'm definitely going to watch out for him now because he's brilliant Uh, 81st minute he actually plays Chongin for his goal plays a defence splitting pass from his own half inside his own half just in between the defenders and Chong gets onto it with his pace it looks like he's going to try and play across to be honest but it's it's nicked in off the defenders so it's like probs an own goal but I think yeah it actually did go down as an own goal didn't it off Dodds but Chong again with all the hard work and then in the 85th minute Chong actually gets his a proper goal Mello with a volley that's blocked and it drops to Chong and he puts it away with his left foot and finishes it nicely so yeah pretty much a good game in, in review for United it was pretty much all United a bit of a spell for Middlesbrough when they got a goal and then United was like now nah, we're not having that and then turned it on and 4-1 mate another, another, another impressive convincing victory another convincing win mate and they're really good to watch as well you know when you're watching them you're just like this is brilliant football this are you sitting top of the tree then at the moment no because West Ham we got beat didn't we in that game if you remember where we had a man sent off and I think it was Villa just steamrolled us and Chester was back in the in the playing the reserves. Oh, when he came back from his yeah, injury, yeah. And, and they just they just looked well better than us, and we had a man sent off, and we got beat in that game, and that's ultimately what keeps us second. West Ham just aren't getting beat. So. They've, got, they've always had a good youth side, though, haven't they? They have had a good academy, yeah, West Ham, yeah, to be fair. Unlike us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How did you get on? Well, saying that, mate, we actually pulled a result out of the bag. It was our local derby. Oh, is it the nice side derby? Yeah, so yeah. everything was sitting ahead of us on the table and before the game. And they're still sitting ahead of us after the game. <laughs> but to be honest, mate, it was one of those, I think it was um, a two o'clock kickoff. So the conditions were awful. It was like a really rain-soaked pitch, and Joe which obviously had an effect on how the game prevailed, really. Herbie Kane featured for the under-23s, who's been a big part of the team um, all season. But there's a lot missing, obviously, with the huge thrilling 5-5 draw of Arsenal midweek. There's a lot of the academy that feature for the first team. Uh, right, so yeah. there's a few players missing. But Harvey Elliott did feature. Um, Dixon Bonner played. Larricucci, who's one of our left-backs, who Kitchener. played a lot in pre-season. He, he's been filling in up front because we've got no strikers at the moment. Right. So, like he, first team. so he played up front, uh, filling in for the missing strikers. And he played really well, to be honest. Again, he was making a lot of dangerous runs in the channels and obviously causing the defence all sorts of problems with his pace. Um, Curtis Jones featured. Um, Winterbottom had another good game in net. So the game itself, we took the lead, I think it was after like 16 minutes, where Harvey Elliott pulled him up a pass back from the byline and found Kane. He laid it off to Gallagher, who slotted it in. We've got a bit of a deflection to make it 1-0. And then again, obviously, like I say, Yasser Larikuchi had quite a few chances in the first half to make it two, but didn't, didn't really take him. It's one of them, com- it's all about composure. I've been saying it's about Robbo for the first team. Yeah. Where you play left back or in defence, you just don't have that natural composure to relax in front of goal. So any midfielder, like an attacking midfielder or striker, we would have slotted the chances and obviously converted the chances that we had. And then what happened? We were being a derby, wet day, Everton equalised, didn't they? <laughs> with it being a wet day Everton equalised <laughs> that's, that's the only credit he's given because it, it was a wet day <laughs> wet day it was a dangerous attack and James Norris converted the chance in the far corner slots it quite well to be honest to make it one all and then in the second half there was chances for both teams to be honest they were a bit of a premium it's just because of the, like I keep going back to these conditions but because it wasn't fast flowing football we didn't really get much chance in the second half we'd got longer we all got one quite late on and it was an audacious 
Nice slam from Herbie Kane on the edge of the box into the bottom corner to make it 2-1. And to get the win in the derby, mate. So they actually got a win on the board. So like I say, I think we're sitting 7th. Guess, guess who's bottom of that? Wait. Man City. Man City. I'm just in shock, mate, with all the money that they throw at these teams. And all the new training complex and the new academy so the, grounds. So the, the academy isn't working out, is it? So we're sitting 7th on 13 point, eight points. Sorry, is it 6 points? <laughs> what? Eight points, off top. Eight, points, eight points off top. Chelsea is sitting top of the tree with Derby in second. So, like I say, we're not too far off top. Still a long way to go. This is like United's dream, mate, in the Premier you said League. This last week about Liverpool <laughs> women that were rock bottom with one point, and you went, We're not too far off top. Positivity reaps positivity. Yeah, positive, mate. So, like I say, all positivity in, and stupidity. Is really I think things, a bit you know? of both. I think all in all, mate. Like I said, we had a few players missing because of the feature of the first team, which meant a couple of the under-18s and 19s filled in for them. And we got a decent result in our local derby. They won 2-1. Well done, boys. Leads us on to uh, our women. So um, so I'm going to keep this very brief. So Go on then, mate. Do you want, do you want me to go because... <laughs> you go. Both played on Sunday, I think. Yeah, we both played Sunday. So, yeah, we suffered another it's... defeat, mate. So no. we were playing in the cup, the Continental Cup, weren't we? Yeah, it's Conti Cup action, uh, action this weekend, yeah. So I was saying that Vicky Jepson would obviously have a word with the side and say, look, forget about the, the most recent defeat, 2-0 to Birmingham, who we should have battered. What we were saying was, weren't we saying that we feel like they should just like try and at least stop conceding and try yeah. and get a draw? Like, So I was saying like they need to start picking a settled side and playing the same players unless injuries prevail or you want to tweak the actual formation, then you should be playing more or less the same eight or nine players each week with one or yeah, two additions. Players, yeah. Whereas the play, probably playing five or six and then rotating midfielders in different positions, different strikers. So there's, there's nobody seems to know where they should be playing. So I was saying on the last podcast that I was really surprised that we got beat by Birmingham 2-0. I went for a confident 3-0 because they're doing absolutely terribly in the league. I know we are, but yeah, and at least because we have, we've got a decent yeah. side. There's a few individuals in the team. That, That's what we were saying. Like we don't understand so individually on paper. Anyway. We should be doing a lot better than what we are. So, like I say, I'm going to keep this very brief because I don't want to really criticise the team too much with a derby coming up at the weekend. Or well, not this weekend. Obviously, it's um, in Sasha break, isn't it? It's in Sasha break. So, so it's on the on the seventeenth. So I don't yeah, want. Yeah. I don't really want to jinx them. Jinx or damage the confidence any further if they listen to this podcast. Yeah, they're all listening now. So obviously, <laughs> Christine Murray was back in the start 11 and there was a rare start for Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. So we actually started off quite positively, mate. Sweetman-Kirk had a goal disallowed not long after they scored, actually, for offside. But like I say, it was, it was a carbon copy of the defeat to Birmingham, really. We went 1-0 behind after like... Early on, like... First 10 minutes which instantly put us on the back foot. We then created several chances, which we just didn't convert. And then, love and behold, what happened, mate? They caught us on the counter-attack and scored late on to put it 2-0. So that's two games now, back-to-back, where we've gone behind, tried to get an equaliser, and because we don't really defend as a team, they caught us out and made it 2-0, and we've got beat again. So one thing I'm really struggling with is with the formations inside that there's no consistency being like stoned upon in the team and we're struggling to create chances and to stop the goals from going in the other end. So inevitably, what does that result in? If you were playing in the Premier League, that would result in relegation yeah. and no wins on the board. So I think they really need to go back to basics, mate. Like I say, I can't really give any positive feedback on the last game because it was poor, really, if I'm honest. Mm. 
they had such a good performance and won five ones commentary and you'd think that I'd push them on to get it. Yeah, the Cancer Cup they seem to be yeah. a bit better at least, but no. Like I say, Villa are in the league below us, aren't they? Aren't Villa in your league? No, we're, we're in, they're in the Women's Championship. We're in the Premier League like you. Oh, so yeah. It's 23's yeah. you're thinking of, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Villa are top of the Championship. So you, you would have liked to think that we'd have You'd put in a decent a game, performance, yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately, the, the ladies didn't win. Well, we're not at the Cup, is it? It's like a league, league format, it's isn't it? a league it? format, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's another defeat on the board and they go into the Everton game with no confidence. <laughs> With with the pressure of playing at Anfield, mate, that is the biggest thing, is that? That could be a good thing for them, you know. Loads of support, loads of people behind them. It could be a good thing, it could be a bit of a catalyst, you never know. So, but Like I say, it's it's just frustrating for them as well as the fans. Yeah, I think it, the Liverpool name is such a big burden on players, and obviously because we had a bit of success yeah, four years ago. Yeah, because so good, yeah, it doesn't help, does it? And now they're going through a bit of a transition similar to United's first team at the moment. It does, there's a lot of new players coming into the squad, a lot of youth, and it's all about finding that balance like all years with United at the moment. And, yeah. ho- and hopefully, either they give Vicky Jepsen the time to adapt her emphasis onto the side and get her vision into the players to push yeah. them on, or they're going to have to make a decision in the next two or three weeks if the results continue. Do we move our separate ways and thank her for a service and try and get the side back up the league? So, so, well, don't worry, we didn't do that good either, mate. So, I've not finished yet. So oh, sorry. I'm only joking, mate. <laughs> sorry, I've got uh, another three hours of this review. <laughs> finished? I finished, mate, go So, don't worry, mate, because we didn't do great either. How'd you get on? We won three now. <laughs> <laughs> Just to dig it in a Just bit Just dig more. it in. Put that spike into my back. So we played Everton. Who's going to provide a tougher test for us than probably Aston Villa because they're on the same points as us in the league. But it was a brilliant performance from us again. Like just, I mean, the the under twenty threes and the the women are just holding it down at United. They're just playing absolutely brilliant football. Three 0 win with goals from Lauren James, Katie Zellum and then Amy Turner as well. So the goals came on the twenty second minute from Lauren James. She got her goal from the from their kickoff. Kirsty Hansen, player of the month, wins the ball back and they're trying to play it out and she just rolls it. She plays it into James. James just... She's so skillful. She rolled the defender. She, she's, no, she's strong as not. She's just she? proper skillful. She just like rolls the ball over to her other foot like and just slots it with the left foot. It's just a, just a great goal. Abby McManus was, looked a bit sluggish actually. She's, um, as I say, one of our new signings in the summer. But she had a bit of a bad game like they got in behind us a few times because McManus was like quite slow and sluggish. So Mary Epps had a, a good save to make in the first half to keep it level. So we went in at half-time 1-0 up with the goal from James. And then early on, again, McManus is caught. There's a ball over and it bounces and she, the bounce beats her. It's quite... It's like, oh. Misjudged it. Yeah, yeah. and um, Kagman gets in behind and should score really. But again, another good save from Mary Epps. I was quite worried about this game because of the previous month, uh, Chloe Kelly, who's like a really good young player, uh, up and coming, plays for Everton. She, I thought she was going to be one of our biggest threats, really. But every time she kind of got the ball, she was either closed down or tackled, or she had, was forced to play it backwards or f- forced to like not do what she wanted to do. So it was really, it was really good to see the the like targeting her almost and not letting her like, play. Trying to nullify their threat. Yeah, kind of yeah. But our second goal came in the in the way of a penalty from Zellum. So George brings down James, it brings down Lauren James in the area. She, James just does it with a touch, basically. Just see you later. 
And to be fair, James is straight back up looking to try and get the ball, but the ref gives a pen. Katie's Ellen, she's brilliant at set pieces. She slots it into the side netting. Keeper's not saving that. And then towards the end, 86th minute, Amy Turner, Amy Turner rounds it off with a third. It's a great run down the right from the fullback. Kind of waiting, like she gets into the box and she's kind of like looking up for a car, looking up for a cross, looking up for a cross. And then she must just see the keeper and must think, sod it, I'm going to hit this. She just she bangs a right-footed shot and slots it. So it's a great goal really from her. And then right towards the depth then, in like the 90 plus something minute, Chloe Kelly's actually sent off. So she kicks out in frustration. She gets tackled basically, and then she just kicks just out lashes in frustration, out. yeah, and gets sent off. So it kind of just shows the kind of frustrated game that she had. But yeah, just again, mate, we're just relentless, an absolute machine going forward. United, we're just You're oozing confidence, aren't you? I think what will happen is we've had a good run of like not great teams. No, not not great teams. I think that's unfair to say, but not like top class, like well-established women's teams. Do you know? What, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so what I'm trying to say, Liverpool are shit. What I'm trying to say is, we play like one way. Like we don't know how to play another way. We're like all our attack United. Like I said last week, we there's a period where you thought we can just take the ball here and just see red enough. When it was one nil, we could like yeah, let's just keep all the ball. We'll just keep going and going and going. And I think we might get caught out a bit maybe. So yeah, you've not really had a big test, have you? Really? No, not really. So next up for us is uh, Chelsea. So we'll like we'll top of the league, aren't they? They sit top of the league, mate. Correct, yeah. So that's going to be a tough one. So, do we predict these women's games? Yes, we will, mate. Yes. So, um, to put my prediction out, I'm going to say I don't think we'll win it. I want to say we'll win it, but I just feel like feel like would you? We've been did you a negative result? No, I don't think a negative result. I feel like would you a draw? I'm going to say one all. You're going to say one all. Yeah. Where is it? Is it away to Chelsea? It's away to Chelsea, yeah. No, I think they're flying. I'm going to go for a Chelsea victory 2-1. 2-1 Chelsea and a one-all draw for me. Yes, yeah, in, in the bag. I need I need to so pump, I need to pull something out of the bag. Even if it's a rabbit, mate. At the moment, I'm getting Because this haircut is coming my way. So who have you got up next, mate? So we have got up next Everton um, on the 17th. Oh, yeah, it's a Sunday. Saying, so like I said, I'm going to be going to the game. I've got, I've got some tickets to take me over half. Who's actually an Everton fan from the distance, so it'll be interesting. Oh. And hopefully I can announce on the next podcast some news, yeah, whether it, it, it materialises. Yeah, so I won't mention it just yet, just in case it doesn't, but we could bring you some interesting content on the next podcast off the back of that game. So I'm looking forward to it, mate. Like I say, it's it's going to be at Anfield for the first time. It's a local derby, and hopefully the the people of Liverpool get behind them and actually turn up and get to watch the ladies win for a change. Yeah, that's what you're saying. So I'm going to say, oh, it's just the fact we're not com- converting any chances or creating anything. It just I, I want to be positive well, for you, them. I'm not, this sounds like a bit derogatory, but didn't Sweet McKirk have the ball in the back of the net? But it was offside. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, like, so that, yeah. Mean? Yeah. Something. So I mean, it's something to take into the match. And we've got we have got creativity in the side, it's not that we haven't. They're just not playing in the right positions. So I'm gonna say we've been at Anfield, surely they're gonna get up for it. Surely. Say they'll win. I'm gonna say they're gonna oh, win. Shit. I'm gonna say you tranced them, didn't you? Three 0 Everton. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go for the draw. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. I'm gonna say five three two nil Liverpool. Shit, 2-0. 2-0. I'm going to go for a clean sheet, which is something that, that hasn't happened in a while. And I'm going to say, we were being at Anfield, 2-0, mate, I'm going to go for I'm going to get, put a bit of confidence in the ladies. Sweetman Kirk to score a double. I don't think you're going to win. 
if you do, you I wasn't gonna go for one off. I'm honest. If you go for health, so lucky. But I'm gonna say two 0 I, I think you'll defo concede because you just we're just leaking like a tap, aren't we? I'm gonna say ah. I'm gonna say. <laughs> see, I think you might win because it's at Anfield, and you're gonna have a lot of people behind you. Everyone was shit against us. <laughs> see, this is where he gets serious because he's ahead now. He's he's thinking logically. Yeah, I got about think, these predictions because he just want he doesn't want me to claw it back. What have you said? 2-0. Two 2-0. Two nil. Two nil. I'm going to say 2-0 the other way. Oh, <laughs> dirty, man. Wow. I'm going to say 2-11. Oh, that's horrible. I think we're sitting next to each other on the table, so it's a pride. So I, I generally think... It's first bubble that you're not. You're bottom of the league and they're one point. Oh, so I'm on the 23s, aren't I? Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we are sitting bottom of the league well and truly with like... Yeah. No goal scored, aren't we, I think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's a two. What did we say with Chelsea? I said a one all. You said a two one Chelsea. Two one Chelsea. And um, I need to start writing these down, don't I? Instead of listening back to the podcast. And a two nil both ways, but one both for ways. Them, one for everyone. So let's see what materializes. Let's see what happens there then, yeah. Cool. So going into next week with the women, it's international break now for the women's team, isn't it? So It's a massive game, isn't it? Germany, is it? Yeah, so it's the England Germany game, isn't it? That's been a sellout at um, at Wembley. So, yeah, the, obviously no football next week for them. So we'll just touch on the uh, international results next week. But yeah, no footy for them. They uh, they all go away to play for their countries. So that leads us on to our first team in the Premier League action. So, do you want to run through the Premier League games, Lee boy? I do, mate. Yeah. So obviously your guys are. The first kickoff, but we'll uh, just run through some results if you want first, mate. I'll just well, I'll fire it away. Let's get it out of the way, mate. Let's. <laughs> what happened? Let's get it out of the way. I don't want to talk about it, so let's get it out of the way. So <laughs> we obviously played that really great game against Norwich, where I was like, oh yeah, super Mash, confident. Marshall and Marshall and uh, Rashford were like, you can call. Oh my god! And obviously, <laughs> I was like, at the end of the last week. We usually go away and we usually score a couple of goals at Bournemouth. Yeah, we're we got, so confident, yeah, mate, probably. Yeah, we got beat 1-0. So, I mean, just... Uh, I can't really be too fuming because the way we played at the start of the game was really well. So, obviously, we got beat 1-0. I went for an audacious 4-1 uh, victory there. Josh King scored their goal just before half-time. Yeah, you went for audacious. Your your um, prediction was absolutely insane. But, yeah, Josh King scored their goal just before half-time. So, I'll just run through... What happened, really? We were an unchanged side from our team that played Norwich. And in the open exchanges, basically, the game was full of beans. Like, we went out in the first opening minutes and we were playing like we did against Norwich, basically. We created a lot of chances. Dan James was on it and he was up and down the pitch, as he ever is. And we had a that chance... Jorosel bunny. Yeah, we had a chance early on. James gets on his toes and uh, they're stretched, basically, and he pulls one to the edge of the box. And Pereira... Absolute swing and a miss. He honestly, he just stretched Bournemouth right out and, and you just, he pulls it back, it's on the floor. Pereira stood there and you just think... Is that when he had options in a box or something when he could have passed it? But selfish. No, like... no, he, he laid it back to him from the wing and, it, and he basically was a swing and a miss from Pereira. But there was a few chances like that in the opening exchanges where, like I've wrote in my notes, like we should have been 2-0 up. Within the first like fifteen minutes, we were playing with co- really little confidence. James was busy, weren't he? He was everywhere, weren't he? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 always like that. He's really really effective, James. He just you get he's better. This is why we struggle, I think, when teams sit in against us because he's just got nowhere to to go. If he's got a bit of space to get in, he's up and down, up and down. But when teams sit in, he's just 
He's got no room to, to run into and use his pace. So. He reminds me a bit of Ryan Giggs. That is a big cut. I know he's Welsh. No, well, this is what I said to you. He'll be our future number eleven, and he's going to be he's going to be. Ryan he's very Giggs similar, isn't he? Type player, yeah. He is very well. We've they've changed this this song. The gigs will tell you apart against so the James will tell you apart again, just because those comparisons have already been made by the United faithful. So again, there's not really much to talk about. Like the the first thirty minutes, basically after thirty minutes, it was just still all United and bomb for just feeding on scraps. So Rashford again, he was pretty much at it. Like, but just couldn't seem to. Nothing really could materialise for us. No, I think you could you could see your frustration mate when I think was it Martial had that altercation with um, Lerner where they had like a, a, a massive disagreement, like a bit of argy bargy. Well, there was a pen shout on the thirty second minute, basically, where Martial goes down, but he died. It's he? not, yeah, it's yeah, not a pen. Yeah. It's not a pen, basically. So basically, like after thirty minutes, then obviously when you're playing really well and you're attacking the team, but you're not taking your chances, slowly the other team will start to come into it. And that's what happened. It got a bit more scrappy. Nothing clear cut, nothing in behind, then a bit sloppy at times. I mean, I wasn't too worried because we were playing all right. So I thought, I didn't think Bournemouth offered anything. Bournemouth away is always a hard game. They've mate. been struggling to score Bournemouth as well. And then pretty much out of nothing, there's, there's this Josh King goal. Basically, it's Aaron Wambasaka's fault. He basically makes Josh King's mind up. The ball gets played into him. Josh King takes it with his back towards goal about six yards out. Wambasaka's. It was terrible his... defending by Wambasaka. I know you've you've yeah. called him no, a spider. He was positionally all wrong, really. Yeah. So instead of like making the, the striker make his mind up, he he got the ball between Josh King's in between and Wambasaka and the ball, and he tries to nick round him and, and kick the ball. He away. was allowed time to bring it down yeah. and turn, wasn't and it? so basically Josh King just basically clips one over his head. I mean, a great goal. Yeah, good don't finish, get me wrong. Yeah. He clips it over his head. It comes round and he hits it on the volley and it must the sacker just yeah it was just doesn't a do lack enough. of concentration I think just to, just to throw something out there mate that was um is it 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 Josh King do you say yes yeah. I can't remember his first name yeah yeah Josh King. that's his first goal in six hours of football <laughs> it's even worse because you played for United oh yeah he did didn't he yeah 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 but, so all in all a frustration first half yeah first half was basically really frustrating because. As I say, we we were blatantly the better team, so that happens. And then half time, you've got to give it to Eddie Howe, really. Bournemouth, they've ridden the storm from United, came back into it, got the goal, and then second half, it was just like, right, come and beat us now. And as I say all the time, when a team does that against us, we just can't do it. We're moving the ball around dead slow and. De Gea like really saved in the second half, I think. From what De Gea right. made a really good save off of Harry Wilson. Was that one where Harry Wilson found? Was it King again in the edge of the box? And De Gea just come rushing out or something. Yeah, he made a good save, and then Harry Wilson had a dig from outside the box. Oh yeah, as he well, did. Got didn't he? Down low yeah, to his yeah. left at Gea, and we made. That's why in the combined eleven, basically that we do every week after each game, we we do a combined eleven on the Instagram. Best players of Lee's team, best players of United, my team. And um, I couldn't put anything forward for the, to anyone to be in the team other than De Gea because he just and Allison still find his feet as well. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Yeah, but pretty much, mate, that was it. Like nothing happened. There was a penalty shout for them. Classic young when he brings down someone and pretends he didn't. He does that all the time. And that's probably why he's now suspended because he got a yellow card. I think you had two chances later on. Did Fred actually do something creative and find Greenwood at the post or something later on? Fred does nothing creative. <laughs> And I think um, Tomney had a chance as well, which is a good save by the keeper. But like you say, you, you offered nothing, in terms did you? Of, yeah, in terms of like anything clear-cut, 
it was honestly just nothing like it was just a poor performance wasn't it really yeah flat it was, it was all it was all United and Bournemouth just sat in and just seen it out for the entire half basically we made some subs but we just didn't create enough when 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 they were when they were sat in we get in positions and then we just lack creativity to like break them down I mean and that's where we need another option where we need to sign some more players if it's not going well we need someone to be able to throw on and be like right let's use this let's change let's our use this tactic now like yeah, yeah. you know like obviously Manzukic has been talked about at least if you throw him on he brings a different dimension it's like right they, the team's got to deal with someone different haven't they and it may change the way that they play who you're playing against but we just don't have that we have no plan B we just there's nothing extra to bring on that can force a force a game on somebody so is there nobody in the Premier League that you'd be looking at like Wilson at Bournemouth not Harry Wilson the other one Callum Wilson like he'd offer a different throw from for you wouldn't he or, yeah. is he, or is he too similar to um, Rashford I suppose he's the same sort of striker isn't he we need, he's we not need an out and out striker is he we need a number 10 basically or some, someone more creative I think that's why Obviously, as well as a lot of other teams, everyone's looking at Madison players. Like yeah, he'd, players he'd offer like something that. different for you, wouldn't he? Yeah, that'd be brilliant. But there'd be a lot of clubs interested in him, mate. Yeah, that's it. So, honestly, mate, it's a short and sweet one for me, but you mentioned Fred, and like I've put down that Fred, in normal play, isn't too bad, but when your back's against the wall and something needs to happen, he's just, he's honestly dreadful, like... Well, do you not know think so like, to be fair to him? Like, do anything. I think to be fair to him, this is I'm I'm from an outsider's perspective, so I don't see him week in week out. And I have been to a game with you, watched a bit United. Yeah, shit. But is he being made a scapegoat? No. Every time something goes wrong, things are pointed at him. No, he's not being made a scapegoat. He's but terrible. is he? Where is he being played? Is he like a holding midfielder? Yeah. But is he that type of player? Because if yeah, I remember right, he when he played for Shakhtar the next, he scored a lot of goals. So did he, did he play a bit more advanced? That's what type of a player he was. He was kind of like that type of a player. He was a midfielder that got about, got in around people, linked up with play, chased down balls. You know what I mean? That type of a player. That's what he was at Shakhtar. But so the criticism isn't unfair, really. It's just no, a reflection of how he's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not. He's not great at all. So that's it for me. It's very flat. You okay, mate? Do you want to, do you want to talk about it? You've had so much positivity recently. <laughs> I haven't. To be fair, the first, even after the first half, I thought to myself, I'm not too. I was gutted they scored, but I wasn't too gutted because I thought we've had loads of chances in this first opening minutes. Like so far, if we go out again and do that, and then we, like I say, they got the tactics banged on. They came out and they went right, boom, beat us. Yeah. And we just they always have surprise victories like Stoke Bournemouth, don't they? They always beat one of the big, yeah. big six, supposed big six. Yeah, I think out of nowhere they'll beat one of us. Yeah, at if, home. We, if we went in at half time nil nil, then they would have probably continued in the same vein, and we probably might have scored one or two, maybe, but just wasn't the way to just be. Wasn't meant to like be I right. say, I can't be too pissed off because we see things are playing. turning around, aren't they? Yeah, it seems like I mean, it's we're like a tank turning around very, very, very slowly. Do you know what I mean? We're not like a motorbike that can flip itself around fast. We're just like slowly, the ship's turning. It's like a pino ferry. Like a pedo. Pino ferry. Oh, right. <laughs> just to repeat anything. I'm going to say, how slow do they turn? Yeah, like a pino ferry. Thanks for clearing that up. So, that's it, mate. That's it, mate. So, I'll, I'll give us some um, results in the weekend then before we touch on the Mighty Reds. Yeah, go on, mate. So, Arsenal dropped points at home again. <laughs> They drew one all with Wolves. Which um, helped us. Brighton won 2 0 
at home to Norwich. Norwich are absolutely stinking. I, I praised them and bigged them up at the beginning of the season. They've gone a bit flat. Yeah, they started off well, but never gone a bit shit. Since they beat City, they're absolutely dire. Yeah. Um, Man City won 2 1 at home to Southampton, where everyone was expecting another whopping for 10 0 or something. Yeah. But um, I think Southampton's actually sort of leading that game as well. South. Southport. <laughs> Sheffield United actually won. <laughs> Sheffield United won 3 at home to Burnley they continued their strong form obviously I think they're, they're actually the team that's conceded all these goals in the Premier League you've never shouted that before this season's that would you wow. I think they're sitting like 4th are they or something as well round about that West Ham got beat 2-3 two, two, as people say at home to Newcastle I, I know you hate that don't you yeah. absolutely hate you it beat three, two. Newcastle had a surprising they actually batted West Ham to be fair Surprising away victory there. Um, Watford continued their poor form and got beat two one at home to Chelsea. And then obviously we played at three o'clock kickoff, mate. Right. So so you're up. So anyway, so talking about our game itself. So obviously, like I say, we were playing Villa away, and before the game even began, I was very nervous and anxious. One because we've not been beaten such a long time. When I think it's twenty four games in the Premier League now we've not been beat going into this match, and I can see you shutting your eyes and saying bore off. <laughs> but it's um. Yeah, we've been on this run. massive run and in this season it's 10 games unbeaten going into the 11th game looking to keep that momentum going keep City behind us I was just really nervous because obviously we played that game in midweek against Arsenal drew 5 all, massive high making changes to the side which can have a negative impact on the team itself so I was a bit nervous but we won 2-1 mate you jammily so won 2-1 straight yeah. into it we won 2-1 so like I say we had well, you say, you say jammy, mate, but we had 25 shots, six of which on target, 74% possession, pass accuracy was up there. Pass accuracy. It's just like we had 10 corners. It's just like we absolutely battered him without I actually battering him. That that towards the uh, second half, though. But half of that was at, at the end It of probably the was half. where they where just had a bit of a storm. Him. So like I say, it was goals from, I think it was Trezeguet for them. Yes, it was Trezeguet, yeah. yeah. Where um, he got in behind our defence and tapped him from close range. I think maybe Alisson should have done better because it, it was straight at him. It went under his, his palm, didn't it? So, mm. yeah, maybe a bit of a mistake by him. And uh, Van Dijk and um, Lovren should have done better to clear the lines. Um, and then, obviously, we collides through Robbo, where it's a nice move by the team. Mane found this in-swinging cross, cross behind the defence and... Robbo just got his head on it, slotted it in past the goalkeeper. And at that point, you were thinking, one all, I'll take this back. We dropped two points, but My I still four points ahead. Yeah, uh, mate, yeah. <laughs> this would have been hurtful. Um, but we would have still been four points ahead of the, the rest of the pack. We'd have turned a negative into a positive. But what happened, mate? Like Mr. Worldwide. Typical, like, old school United, never say die. No, you haven't. In the 93rd minute, mate, it was 30 time, wasn't it? <laughs> It was absolutely 30 time. Sure what happened, mate? <laughs> so we had a few chances where Trent won a corner and again got another assist, curled it into the box and Manny got his head onto it and slotted it into like a glance head into the bottom corner of the goal. And to be fair, it was like a, he put his life on the line, mate. I think it was... Put his a, life on the line? A, 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 I can't remember it was. an over-exaggeration. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but one of the Villa defenders dived in with stud showing. Man, he still put his head, head there, slotted it, mate. 2-1. Who'd have thought it, eh? The away fans were ecstatic. 2-1, mate. Fucking horrible. Just think, you used to hate Fergie time. You used to moan and whinge about it. I just want Fergie time more and more. Like, to, to touch on to that, if you look at our last six games, mate, the, the last goal we've scored, let me talk you through it. So this is how much we've turned into Fergie, the new Fergie time. So 
the last fi- six fixtures where we've scored our last goal. At Leicester at home, we scored in the 95th minute. United, 85th minute. Genk, 87th minute. Spurs, 75th. And then the Arsenal, 94th minute. Aston Villa, 94th minute. So yeah. it's like it's squeaky bum time. It's like clutching well, on no, to like hope. It's like United used to do that a lot. And look how many times United won the league. It's... To be fair, it is a, it is a sign. It's shown spirit, of, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it is a side of, of a championship winning Like, side, no matter how so. bad you're playing, just never fair. give up. So it, it's a good thing and a bad side, a bad thing as well, because obviously as a fan, you want your team to win convincingly and obviously... <sighs> I'm not well before the 90th minute, but when it's like 94th minute, you're clutching at straws, hoping that they're going to get that goal to keep that momentum that. going. Oh yeah, it's a great feeling once it goes in, Like, but at the time where it's... <laughs> <laughs> that as well we're still talking about the game <laughs> yes we are yeah so like I was made up mate but I just feel like you rode your luck loads in that first half there was times even in the second half when you were pushing so much there was times when Villa got through and they were like at times they were three on two on you and if they had a bit more composure there was one where I can't remember who it was but they were through on goal and basically instead of just slotting it and putting it away past Allison, he tried to square it and it broke it up. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, they, they definitely had the chance in the first yeah, half. They had, they, had about, right. they had about three or four clear-cut chances that they probably should have scored off. I think one of the things was, is like, I think my biggest thing about our performance and the way we're still conceding goals is that that's one negative out of our whole season is we seem a bit more open. To you're just outscoring teams. That's all you're doing. Which is what we did under Brendan Rodgers and inevitably yeah. that shot is in the foot, didn't it? Whereas I think... I don't think Klopp's maybe changed his tactics too much, but he's definitely changed something, whether that's the fullbacks pushing more forward, because they're getting their assists are off the chart, mate. They're like midfielders, really, aren't they? They're creating so many chances for our front three that maybe that's leaving us very vulnerable at the back, because as, well, yeah. as good as Van Dijk is, and whoever partners him, two players can't cover four positions, can they? Mm-hmm. So, like you say, I think you mentioned on the last podcast where your United defence seems to split. So they're trying to cover the actual angles and positions, but inevitably, if they catch us out in the counter-attack and split, it leaves a lot of space in between, yeah. doesn't it? So just feel like it's Lena's wide open. I feel like teams can get at you if someone can just have it. I feel like, and this is a big call, I think tactically we're the only team that probably got it right against you. Yeah, yeah, you did. And I think that was more because well, you're, you, we, 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 we set up to play against you, whereas then you changed to three at the back and kind of throw, mm-hmm. threw us off a little bit. So I, I don't know if, if Klopp's a genius and he knows what he's doing, well, which he, which he, he definitely, he definitely does, yeah. yeah. That's, I'll take he's that back. Or well, what I mean is, in is he sacrificing conceding one or two goals because he knows that if teams come at us, we'll catch on the counter attack and we'll if you score one, we'll score three four. Yeah. So is he being a genius in that sense? So often goalkeepers like to keep clean sheets, defenders do, and fans don't like to concede, especially at home. Whereas we conceded a lot of goals and obviously away in this instance. So one thing that did change before the kickoff was it was announced that Lallana was going to take place of Fabinho and that was more of a tactical change. Oh yeah, it was, a, it, was he on a yellow card or something, was he? And he didn't want him, he didn't want him to miss the City game, did Yeah, he? so he was, Klopp doesn't usually do forward thinking. He's always like one game at a time, Sticky isn't German he? bastard. Yeah, so he's obviously thinking ahead of the City clash in two weeks' time, which is a massive game, don't get me wrong. So he's thinking of, we cannot play that game without Fabinho because he's our best defensive midfielder, holding player. He just owns that position. I think if we we were to have him missing against City, that's going to be potentially three points drops rather than two. But in this case, we actually got the points on the board, mate, don't we? So, yeah, I was just made up, mate. Really made up. I think that's our 10th time where we've come back from a losing position. If I'm not wrong, what was it? 10 points from losing positions this season. 
So again, that's the making of champions. It's not saying that we are going to be champions. But you just said it. <laughs> it's the making of champions. <laughs> In capital letters. And only Spurs since, nine, I think it was 1961. Oh, I've had a better sake. start than us. <laughs> yeah, these Jesus. stats. We're now 28 games on beating the Premier League. Lallana has shown some positivity. He's got his first 90 minutes under his belt. That's again a positive start. All in all, mate, like I say, I'm, I'm not going to bore with the actual minute by minute. Um, Just bore with stats instead. I'm going to bore you with stats instead. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But like, one of the biggest talking points in the match itself was the f- disallowed goal for Mino. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, it's just VAR craziness again, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like... So, uh, it's, it was dreadful, mate, really. How is like, he... That's not offside for me. It's not. It's like, it was a nice nice play by Mane and an actual unreal cross where he just swung it round the... Villa defence didn't he yeah goodbye and obviously Firmino tapped it in from close range but like if you look at the actual image I can't see how it's given offside I, can't. I generally it's, can't it's mate. too close Peter Crouch made a good point and he said if VAR was him when he was playing he said that he would be caught offside all the time and it's because what I've been saying like Peter Crouch had dead long arms and dead long legs didn't he so the amount of times he would have he would have made himself onside by making a brilliant run, but just because his arms and legs are so long, like say his knee or his toe or his foot's like just a little bit offside, that's not offside. That's you making a brilliant run and beating the offside trap. You can't you can't give it like that. You can't play the game in millimeters and, like that. And the way I see it as well is they should only give it offside as if if it's a part of your body that you can actually physically score a goal with. Whereas in this, in, this instance, no, but what I mean is like, what I mean is like running hands. So when you're sprinting, your hand is naturally in front of you, isn't it? Yeah. So if your body, your feet, your head are all on side, which are all parts of your body you can score a goal off, are on side, if your fingers are offside, you shouldn't get that as offside because no, well, that's not you can't gain an advantage with your hand because you can't score your hand. Yeah. Inevitably, every single part of your arm is a handball, apparently. Yeah, but if you're stood statically and you stood and your shoulder and your arms offside. Then that then should be coming offside. Yeah, but you yeah. still can't score with your the, arms. The, can the, you? the, it, it's like it's like any rounded up issues that, in in money terms. You should have like a a set standard where if there's any part of your body that you can't score with, it's not offside. Or if you're leaning and your fingertips are offside, again there should be so, some sort of a boundary or rule to say that there is exceptions. And then that would be clearly visible to everybody. Whereas at the moment, there's so much inconsistency. Yeah, it's just. It's not they're trying to make it black and white and it's fair enough but it's different all the time and I think with offsides I think it needs to be a day, to say daylight's maybe a bit too much because that's so much of a unclear advantage in it it should be like a yard shouldn't it? it should be like there should be a measurement where it's like yeah like a measurement like whatever like two, it is like two like inches not, you can, it can't be a knee a toe and a, feet, a hand can't be that that they, can't be offside because bef- before VAR came in I think they used to give the advantage to the attacking side didn't yeah. they where if it was a slight yeah, anomaly they didn't let it yeah, go yeah. so why not go back to that so they should have say like if when we draw this line this imaginary line they draw on the pitch whereas if you look at the one that we can no match a day he was onside on the one where Atkinson gave the, the offside it's a different angle so that they're even looking at the actual VAR in a different yeah, format different every other that, yeah. yeah so I think they should say, right, we're going to look at it at one angle and then if the attacking player is two inches either side, he's on or offside. Yeah. I mean, and then everybody would know what they're looking out for. Whereas at the moment, it's like, no, I don't know. I can't overturn a referee. Yeah. It's just so inconsistent. It's just frustrating. It's, I mean, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be sticking up for it. Because that could have massively had an impact yeah, on our game. Yeah, that's it? what I was going to say. Like, it would have helped you out. But 
I can't condone that being VAR just ruining the game now. It's starting to really take an effect on the game and it's meant to make it easier and it's Clear. just making everything... It's just making question more questions and more. It's causing doubt. more debate, isn't it? Like we talk about this every week now. You wouldn't mind if it was even consistent, but it's not. Well, the one thing I look at this is if we didn't score those two big <clears> goals to win the match and potentially get a draw, we could have got beat one 0 and that was all because of that disallowed goal where well, it was a goal. Yeah, it would have been funny for you, but not for <laughs> yourself, Johnny. It's like, yeah. So yeah, it's just really frustrating. I mean, that was a massive talking point. Well. There's, there's this talk on the 14th of November so that'll probably be not next episode episode after won't it potentially where we find out what's gone on from this interview with interview sorry this meeting with the chairman and the referees board over the what's discussed I'm just hoping that something comes from it like they, they chuck it out for for certain things should just be used for pens yeah we had that debate didn't we not so- handballs not offsides pens that's it pens and you know, like a tackle in the penalty box. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Let me go to VAR. I need to see if that was a pen. If he made contact or with the bookings ball. as well. Yeah, well, like, no, if you can overturn, know. if you like, this is completely separate to um, and we're not going into the Sunday's um, games itself just yet. But like the Everton game, for instance, when Sun got sent off against um, Everton at the weekend, where in those instances where it wasn't a dangerous tackle, yet because the player injured himself in such a horrific way. The referee changed his mind from giving a yellow card to a red. So you could see that he was traumatically affected by what happened. Yeah. And he had no malicious... When you watch Sunday, he's, he's not malicious in any sense. No, he's, he? he's not. I think the fact of that, though, was that if you look at before the challenge, Gomez put one in on Sun, and Sun is running after him for a while trying to get to get one back so on him. So maybe he's trying to leave so, one on him. So he's trying to leave one on him. And then he's done it, and that's why he's felt so bad because there's been a little altercation for between each other. And Son's thought, "I'm getting back for that." We've all got him, and it's happened. It was actually Aurier that that I think it's the way he fell more than anything, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, So it wasn't really, but I think that 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 happened because the intent from Son, not necessarily the challenge, because he went out to actually injure him. I think that's why that happened. But it's just, I don't know. It's just, just stupid, really, for me. I don't understand what how you can bring in something that's meant to help the game so much, and it not. I, I just think they try tried to change. Like we said before, they've tried to change too much too soon. Mm. And I think we're human. I think there was nothing wrong well, with. You're not. <laughs> I'm half human, Moff. <laughs> half human, yeah. At least. Um, and I think like most, we always used to argue in the pub, in work about decisions that were made at the weekend, didn't we? But I think you used to like that. So like, you used to balance itself out, not necessarily over. The season, but over time, right, did, did, I think you get some, and you, you get, won't get yeah, some. Yeah. There's no way so one team went all it. the way with just getting decisions, getting decisions. Every team gets some and loses some. You accept that it. was the good thing about football. Whereas now, I kind of like feel bitter. Mm. It's like with this game, we had that one that went against us against United, another one that went against us, and then in other games, the same sort of things are happening. But going for the sides, it's just it starts making you feel bitter towards referees, which is something they wanted to take away. You want us all to respect the referee. Yeah, I know it's gone the other way. It's gone the other way again, isn't it? So it's not only are they getting decisions wrong, they're turning managers, players, fans against the referees again, and it's a hard enough job as it is without having to turn and create all this negativity. But yeah, I just feel like if they're gonna say right, that's offside for offsides then that has to be offside every time that's harsh though for me because you can't play like I said you can't play the game in millimetres like that 
especially when you're trying to run and get get one up on your defender and make runs in behind. You can't be that precise. I feel like the only thing that's going to come from this thing on the November the 14th is everything's going to stay the same and I pretty much, I'd probably put my neck on the line and say they're going to say, we've changed our stance and the refs can now use the monitor. I think that's what's going to be. And then a ref can, is going to go and look at it. And that, that was another mistake. He's like, right, we're going to give the referees the option to have this review, but because it takes too long, we're not going to let you review it. What's it takes the, too long anyway. Point? It takes that, too long anyway, doesn't it? So you might as well just let him run over and have a look. But it's like it works in cricket, doesn't it? It works in the Super League, like rugby. So like, But again, that's because it's not used for everything in rugby. And if you don't want to change it, why don't you allow us to... The referees been mic'd up so you can hear what they're discussing. That never happened. No, but then There's so much dissent in football that never happened. There's so much swearing in the rest of so much shit. Yeah, I know. But yeah, and another rule they need to ab- abolish is this rule of the goalkeepers not being able to move away from the line and stuff like. What, on the pen. Yeah, the pen. You need to abolish that. You should, I think they should go back to having one foot in the line. Because foot you, in the grave. Because it, it again that gives advantage to the striker because if a, if a goalkeeper can't move his feet. Before the ball's kicked, he can't reposition himself, and before you know it, the ball's passing him. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of re- the actual like um, the FA need to think about really, and the Premier League, don't they? Yeah, I think it needs to be readdressed. They need to evaluate what's happened at this early stage of the season. We're not even a quarter of our way into the season, so let's change it now. What's working? What's not? We'll go back to the drawing board and we'll reintroduce things next year. Yeah, if that doesn't happen, it's just going to keep getting work. Because you want to watch match of the day, you want to watch live football and look forward to it now. You're like, oh, what's going to happen today, don't you? Yeah. Well, anyway, to summarise, Liverpool got a jammy 2-1 win against Villa. We did, mate. And there's a lot of positivity. Like, um, Mane was just unreal again. He's our key player at the moment. At the start start of this season, the back end of last season, you would not have thought that. Everyone was talking about Salah, how important Salah's to the side. But for me, it's Mane. He's our most crucial player. Without him... Not Firmino now. For me, it makes everything tick, but I mean, like, goal scoring and creating chances. Change your mind every week. Yeah. No, but I think goal scoring and creating chances, I think Mane is just up there, mate. He's just. Firmino's the best striker out and out striker in the Premier League. But I think wing play, I think Mane is just. I would not replace any of our front three with anybody else in the Premier League. That is a big call. Not even any of the City lot. Mm-hmm. Aguero would no, even I, get in. I agree with you. I just think if they get one of them gets injured, that's your problem. And well, then, if Firmino gets injured, that's your problem. And then again, another unreal performance by Trent. He was just everywhere, creating loads of chances up and down that wing. Just never stopped. And inevitably, that, that persistence paid off. But I think, again, I, I keep touching on this, that I think he really needs to work on his defensive abilities. As much as it's good going forward and creating chances and you're feeling great about yourself that you're up there in the assist charts, as a defender, you should be feeling exactly the same about keeping a clean sheet. And I think like we touched on it earlier, I think that's something Jürgen Klopp needs to get right and say, look, I'd say for 70% of the game, focus on creating chances for the side, but the start of the game and the end of the game, you should be focused on defending and then rely well, on your midfielders to create those chances. Well, yeah, you can't really just play the game like that. Like The start defend at the end defend. No, but what I mean is it... Because if you bombard him up and down that wing to nine switch, you can't keep that better. level of intensity yeah, up. Yeah, he needs so, to read the game better is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. But I was just really made up, mate. It was relentless attacking by Liverpool and it inevitably paid off. We got that win, which is the most crucial thing. Cool. So I was really happy, mate. It was great. It was great to see. You're not, because obviously <laughs> we're still sitting top of the league. And we got beat. <laughs> So, so did you say that again? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, with the predictions, I don't think any of us got our predictions right for this game, do we? For both our games, no, no. Do you want to so run the, through the rest of the prem results then? I will, mate. So the rest of the Premier League sits like this: 
So on Sunday, Crystal Palace were at home to Leicester and Leicester won 2-0. Kept off their amazing yeah, form. Like Brendan Rodgers is working miracles there at the moment. He's got the best out of Jamie Vardy. Madison's on fire. They just keep pushing, don't they? And they're obviously ahead of United, which is great. <laughs> um, and then Everton drew one all with Tottenham. So like I say, we touched on that in that game. Spurs took a late lead, I think. Um, and then obviously we had that horrible moment where, is it Gomez? I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Dislocated yeah. and broke his ankle, which had in 10 minutes extra time in the game. And Everton inevitably got the equaliser. And a fair result, to be quite honest. So all in all, Liverpool are sitting top. Leicester and Chelsea. Chelsea are second and third with Sheffield United, is it? Sheffield United fifth. I'll get out, City, City second, That's Leicester, right. Chelsea. So the main thing is Liverpool are top, United suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, the main thing for United is, and this is why I wasn't that annoyed, well, uh, this is why on reflection I'm not that annoyed, is that the league is just, points are just getting dropped everywhere. Like, it was if we were going to lose, it was a good weekend to lose. Do you know what I mean? With Spurs and Arsenal drawing, things like that, so... Yeah. It's oh. just the league is just up for grabs. It's so close between the bottom three and like up to about sixth. It's just ridiculously close. Yeah, and I think it will be like for the rest of the season as well. Because yeah. like inevitably, Sheffield United are going to drop off, aren't they? Yeah. Eventually, they've, they've set the pace, but they can't keep that off for the rest of the year. No, I wouldn't say so. They'll drop off and finish in the top ten. Yeah, Chelsea. Who knows what they could do this year? Everyone's like they're trying to lift quite them. endearing to Chelsea, aren't they? Quite liking them because of the way that they're doing. Like Lampard's doing the correct way, like which is weird because everyone usually hates them. Believe in youth. They're not throwing money at it like City do. Well, they can't. That's why. But I think <laughs> they, they are. Yeah. Oh, haven't they appealed the transfer ban? Yeah, they're trying to get lifted to, in January or something. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So that could change things. Will that have a negative impact on their season if Lampard's all of a sudden allowed it, to, yeah. to buy players? Yeah, will that yeah. upset the balance? They could drop off. Arsenal aren't going to do anything. Mr. Good Evening doesn't seem to be getting anything right and they've got so much unrest in the squad itself. I keep slapping the microphone. Then you've got the likes of City. They're going to kick on again and will push us all the way. That, that's definitely going to happen. So I think we're going to have to try and get 97 points, if not more, again to try and win the league. <laughs> you won't get more than that. And then obviously you've got United. So I think the top four is wide open. If I'm honest, Leicester, Leicester are pushing. And I think they'll continue to be strong for the rest of the season. Chelsea are going to be strong, and then you. So I think Spurs are, are not even in, in form, and I think they're just dropping off. And I think Poch has lost the dressing room in some in some stages, hasn't he? Like since the Champions League, they haven't looked like the same side. There's been a bit of rest in the squad, yeah. and I think they'll finish in the top ten, but I don't think they'll finish in the top six. So I think it's going to be between you, Chelsea, and Leicester for the top four. Top four. I wouldn't put us in top four, right? Eh? Do you not think? Yeah, I wouldn't say so. Too inconsistent. Yeah, I suppose another stat that I looked into was um, <laughs> where, where they compared Ollie at the wheel against Jurgen Klopp. So Ollie's now lost more games than Jurgen Klopp in 55 games. <laughs> Klopp's, Klopp's lost 20 in 155. I think that's including Villas. And then Ollie's um, lost 21 in 50, so almost nearly half of his games. Nice but I, I suppose you've got to be a bit more understanding because Ollie's a bit more new to management, hasn't he? Of course he is. That's what I mean. Why is he compared, being compared? I know why he's being compared to Klopp because it's a similar situation when they took over. They had to totally rebuild the teams. But Ollie's a young manager in terms of age and in terms of experience. He's, he's still got a lot to learn, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. So, so overall, mate, a very positive week for me, negative week for you. Yeah, I think that's the running theme of the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> no, I think. Should we have a look into previews? Should we look ahead and see who we've got next weekend then? I'll go first, mate. So we've got the big one. Yeah, it's this, the big one. This for is you, isn't this it? is what people are saying could be the title decider, which is a load of nonsense. <laughs> Eleven games. In. It, it it's going to have an impact on how the title inevitably plays out. 
Whereas last year we dropped points at home to City. So we're going to go into this and we need a massive home win to make a real statement and to help our confidence grow. Because I think this will have two different outcomes. We'll either draw or drop points at home to City. That'll spur them on. Or we'll beat City and then help us push on. No. And I don't think they will. I think City, regardless of how terrible they are at the back, are still a very dangerous side going forward. And I think Pep's come out in the week and started trying to play mind games already, hasn't he? Where he's been calling Manny a diver. And for the, well, he did dive at Aston Villa, if I'm honest, and tried to win a penalty early on. Um, That's not mind games, you just he's just pointing he out a statement. And then he came <laughs> he is a diver. <laughs> and then he's coming out saying that there's a lot of injuries where Edison's apparently, apparently going to miss the game. They've got defenders out, so he's already making excuses. So there's a lot of mind games going on there ahead of the gap. Mm. which I think managers try and naturally do anyway don't they say so we've got City it's going to be a big game on the, on the Super Sunday very exciting I can't wait for it mate it's always a big it's game two big attacking teams and we've had the upper hand on them recently as well defence is really I mean your defence isn't as bad as theirs I don't think when they've not got Laporte they're just so bad at the back it's all set up so for an explosive bad. game isn't it really like high scoring but you know what these Sky have got a habit of bigging up matches and when it comes to the match they're just a massive Epic fail, aren't mm. they? Like board draws. So what you're saying then? So if we were going to predict it, if we were going to predict, because I just touched on that, it's going to be a massive high-scoring game. I think we will win, um, but inevitably we're conceding goals and we're leaking goals left, right, centre. So I'm going to go for a four-two victory. <laughs> God, four. You see, laugh four-two victory. Mate. I mean, I suppose like their defence is terrible. Like it's it's literally terrible. And your attack is so good. If they don't get it, if they don't get a hold of their defense and, and get the game plan right, then you could score four, especially at Anfield. I think we just need to grab them by our throat early on. Yeah. Go at them the first fifteen minutes and just like we did in the Champions League that yeah. time we were three looked in we quite early on. I feel Maybe like it, four three. Yeah, I feel like it will be a high scoring game, and I feel like there'll be goals in it for both teams because the attacks are so good. So what are you saying? think it'll be a draw. I'm going to say 2-2. 2-2. To be honest, I'll take that, mate, if I'm honest. Before the game, if you said to me we're going to draw 2-4, oh, yeah, yeah, before yeah. points out of City, would. I'll take that all day long. Yeah. So, but I want the nine I want the nine points advantage over City, if I'm honest. Yeah, I bet you do. So we'll see, mate. Exciting, massive game, and obviously, hopefully it can bring some positive news back on next week's podcast. Hopefully not. <laughs> and and more importantly, a correct score. <laughs> yeah, that'd do. So we have got Brighton at home. Don't know whether to go to it or not. There's a, there's tickets available, so there always is, isn't there? No, there's not. No, I'm joking. <laughs> God, I hate that. <laughs> um, there's some tickets available, so I think I'll probably snatch one of them up and, and go and uh, and cheer the boys on. We've not been at home for a while, so might as well make the most of it. We've had loads of away games recently. Brighton last season. Did it beat you last year? No, it's always a close game. We've, we we usually beat them by like a goal or so. I think it was 1-0 last year in the reverse fixture. That's what you're saying, mate. I don't know, I feel like... See, I don't know. Like If we take our chances, like we could have been 2-0 two, two up against Bournemouth quite early on. So I can see us scoring. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say 3-1. Very, very convincing victory, mate. So I'm going to say very cocksure. I feel if we, we continue, we play like, against Norwich as well. Yeah, I'm going to say 3 1. Jesus. A very comfortable home victory there for you, mate. Comfy. Okay. I mean, Pajero, right, pajamas. I'm, a, I'm actually going to give you your first clean sheet. I think I'm going to go for a 2 0 home win. Okay. Sensual. 
Thanks for that. That's just a safe scoreline, really, for a home side, isn't it? <laughs> you do know it's United. <laughs> don't, be, don't be so sure. I need to stop throwing out these random predictions. You need to start getting some right. Because I don't want this haircut. Otherwise, you're going to be the new Ronaldo. <laughs> With a real Ronaldo, please stand up. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, mate, I've um, exposed his eating habits over the last few months, so we could, <laughs> we could be twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So the, the predictions are in the bag, mate. So the predictions are in. It currently sits at 5 no 5 3 to me. Is it 5, five no 4 2? Four, yeah, it's 4 2, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. 4 2 to me. So yeah. So ahead. there's still time for me to redeem myself. So uh, that's us done for game week 11, isn't it? It is, mate. Right, very good, very good. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this little debatable thing that we do. It's very much appreciated. If you like, if you listen and you like it, and you think someone else might like it, tell them about it because that's really, really good. If people hear about it from your mouth, then they'll... spread the news. Whoa! Didn't know what was coming. Have to spread the, <laughs> spread the Nutella, spread the word, not legs. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. Wow. Okay, so yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, then we'd love it. Five-star review. Thanks very much. We'll put that in our pipes and then we'll smoke it. Well. So yeah, cheers for everyone listening. If you want to contact us or talk to us or think that you've got anything you'd like us to talk about or debate or agree or disagree or anything like that, then you can contact us at redsiderivals at gmail.com or you can have a look on any of our social medias, which are at Redside Rivals on Instagram and Twitter and the Redside Rivals social on Facebook so we do put bits on there and that so if you want to contact us by there or go and take a look give us a follow just want to say thanks to Will Rice for their musical theme at the start of the show and um, that's us done mate until next week mate hopefully we can continue with this fine form yeah so as I say we so the women are away on international duty uh, so we've got oh we've got midweek action we've got Europe to talk about yeah we've we got the Champions League so right, we'll yeah. bring you the European special as ever when we have those games I'm going to the Partizan Belgrade Belgrade game as I said in the last European podcast so check out the Instagram for that and thanks very much see you next week guys we'll see you for European bye bye